Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome in. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Chiefs Victory Party. My name is Patrick Allen. I'll be joined by Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderham in just a moment here. The Kansas City Chiefs take control of the AFC's number one seed with a 21-14 win over the Miami Dolphins and their explosive offense, which wasn't too explosive today going up against this elite Chiefs defense. It was an ugly second half for the Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball, uh, but they got the victory. That's the good news. I'm going to just say something really quickly. Andy Reid and Dave Tobe should carry Steve Spagnuolo off the field, out of the stadium. They should find a land bridge and carry his ass all the way back to Kansas City because that man is the only coach on the staff right now who is doing his job. I hate to go to the negative right out of the gate, but the fact of the matter is the situational coaching from Andy Reid and from Dave Tobe in this situation is inexcusable. For the second week in a row, McCall Hardman makes a boneheaded punt fielding at his four-yard line, setting the Chiefs back. And then on a crucial third down, Andy Reid runs a pass. He has a hard-charging running back. They've been running well all day, and he runs a pass. They don't convert, and they give the Dolphins good field position. If McCall Hardman at the end of that game just calls for a friggin' fair catch, or, or and runs out from under the ball and lets it go into the end zone and they get the ball on the 25 and then they run the ball. Like if they had to the punt there, Tony Townsend's leg is so good that the, the Dolphins would have been inside their 10 probably. It's just inexcusable. And Dave Tove has been doing it for years. He made excuses for Harbin last week. And he just refuses to just take the easy yards. He won't do it. I don't know what else to say. It's, I'm sure Verderam will have things to say about it. It's driving me out of my mind. And this is a championship-caliber defense. It is not a championship-caliber offense right now. And the coaches just refuse to recognize that, and they refuse to do the little things that they need to do to make sure that the defense doesn't get put in a bad position. And the defense is so damn good, they still manage to bail them out every time. We're going to get to Matt in just a minute. Before we do, i got to let you know, there's a big day of football still ahead. Um, and she says, uh, have you heard about Superdraft DFS? Superdraft hosts daily fantasy prop games where you can complete for a chance, compete for a chance to win cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for the upcoming games. You pick whether each prop will be the over or the under of the given total. You choose up to eight different props for a bigger win. If you want to join in in any action, all you got to do uh, is sign up with our promo code ARROW today and receive a deposit match of up to $20. Uh, you will receive also a free pick in your first game. This is like the free square in bingo or a free leg to a parlay. Use the code arrow, sign up, and not only get you these great rewards, but it also lets you directly support this podcast and these rants that are coming up. So make sure to use the promo code arrow when you sign up. Software is only available to new customers who are 18, 19 and older in Alabama, 21 and older in Massachusetts, and physically present in a valid state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full offer. Um, all right, we got Matt Matt Verderam coming in now. It's a little bittersweet, Verderam. I don't know if you heard me at the top, but I'm just furious with with Andy and Dave Tobin. I think they should carry Steve Spagnuolo all the way back to Kansas City. Look, I mean, this is a really easy summation, I think, right now with this team. Uh, they're an elite defensive team. They're incredible defensively. Like, really legitimately, honest to God, good enough. Like, if the offense just doesn't piss its pants every week, they might win the Super Bowl based on their defense. Yeah. I mean, really. Like, it's... They just played, by every metric there is, the best offensive team in the league and just dominated them. Absolutely dominated the game. Miami scored one touchdown on a drive that started outside the 25-yard line. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. The problem is, is the offense is just a piss-pants factory. That's all it is. Every, I mean, this is, here are the drives by the offense after the opening script, okay, where they looked like they should look. Here's, here's the drive. Trip. Ready for this? Get a barf bag. Five plays, 20 yards, punt. Five plays, 13 yards, punt. 
three plays, minus two yards, punt. Then they had their other good drive. They went 13 plays, 95 yards. Okay, we won't include the end of the half in the Oakers. Who cares? Second half, five plays, 19 yards, punt. Five plays, negative four yards, asinine fumble. Seven plays, 24 yards, punt. Three plays, nine yards, punt, kneel on the ball. They had one drive in this game after the script where they did anything. It's it's unbelievable. And you know what? Look, this is it's easy to try to distill blame. This is a collective disaster. Mahomes this year, by his standards, has not played well. Okay. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him over every other quarterback. I absolutely would. But this year, he's not playing to standard. That fumble is a mental error that he should never make, and he's made about three times a season. Bro, you're going to get sacked. It's third and 20. If you want to chuck it to MV, or to MVS, to Pacheco, you want to dump it off to Pacheco and let him try to make a play, fine, I'm good with that. No problem. You cannot, in that situation, when you feel the rush coming, have the ball up here. You just can't. Tuck it, take a sack. I don't care. Let Townsend punt 60 yards. You, The last thing you can do there is fumble the football. That's number one. Kelsey, I have no commentary on because, look, they doubled him the whole game. That's fine. That was their entire game plan. Make everybody else beat him. And in the first half, Chiefs at times were doing that. And then the second half, again, just a complete pee pants episode. I am to a juncture with Andy where I, I just I can't take it anymore. I cannot take it anymore. Third and one. You don't even have Pacheco on the field. He's not even on the field. And you knew the second he wasn't out there, you're like, here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. The dumbest possible way to play offense. Here, let's go for it. Throw the ball in the flat. And the second he had to, to, to like pump it, you knew. You're like, there's nobody open. And then you yeah. hope he just ran for it. Like That was the only hope you had. And he, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't have. Fine. Fair enough. It is a clown show on offense. And again, today, the only game they have not turned the ball over was the Vikings game. It's the only game this year. They've had at least one in every other game. They're averaging almost two a game today. You look at the penalties. It's a never-ending parade. Chris Jones, it's one of the dumbest penalties I've ever seen in my life. Never. How dumb could you possibly be, right? It's fourth and eight. You're dominating the game. Hold on a minute. Bam. Personal foul. They took nine penalties in this game. Nine penalties. And I don't have a problem with Snead taking a couple holds. Look, you're playing Hill. You should be physical. You should take your chances on some of those. I have no problem with that. The personal foul on Jones. Donovan Smith, multiple times in this game. The Trey Smith penalty, while it stinks and wiped away a play, I get why he did it. Van Ginkle was going to kill Mahomes, and he probably just figured, you know what, the smartest thing I could do is grab him and maybe I don't get called. But there are a lot of penalties in that game. Just dumb. Just dumb. MVS drops the ball down the field. Got to catch it. Just have to catch the football. It's in your hands. It is a never-ending parade of bullshit with this offense. And, and everybody who wants to blame Nagy, Nagy's not calling the plays, guys. Like, and I'm not, that's not a guess. Like, I can promise you, he's not calling the plays. Matt Nagy has nothing to do with the, why this team is playing the way it's playing. It's Andy, it's Patrick, and it's these receivers. That's what it is. Now, all that said, hey, look, they're seven and two. They're the number one seed in the conference. And they're going into their bye. And maybe they come out of this and maybe they figure it out. But right now, it's fair to sit here and say, the offense is a freaking disaster. The defense is incredible. If the offense can even get the hey, we're decent, like you're in great shape. But today, look, let's not let's not mince words. That offensive performance today was a shit show. I mean, that's what that was after the opening script. They couldn't do anything against a, a team that gave up 31 to Philly, 48 to Buffalo. They scored 14 offensive points. I mean, let's the play of the game. The, the reason they won was an unbelievable effort by their secondary on that hill fumble. That's it. That's why they won. McDuffie made a great play. They stripped the ball. Edwards makes a heads-up play to pick it up, lateral it, and block. And then Cook looked like Usain Bolt going down the sideline. I mean, that's why they won. Yeah. That's why they If that play doesn't happen, they lose this game. 100%. That and the fact Tua underthrew a guy by about 38 yards. I, I don't know what that was. So if you want me to sit here and pump sunshine, like I know some people, fine, then you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm being honest. They're seven and two feel great about that. If they don't fix this offense, there's no shot in hell for this. If they have to fix this offense. It doesn't have to be number one in the league. It's got to be competent. Because this right now, this is not competent. This is, this is junior league garbage, this offense. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're watching the show for the first time, you might be wondering, why are these guys so miserable? Their team's number one seed in the AFC, and they just won. Right. But it's because of the expectations that we have for this team to see them playing this way on offense, which is supposed to be the strength of this team, is just beyond infuriating. And you're right. I've been seeing this on Twitter. Matt Nagy's the fall guy, right? Oh, it's Matt Nagy came back. Like, nothing to do with his playbook that he's been using in Kansas City for eight years and just lit it on fire. He's like, oh, Matt Nagy's here. Thank God. Don't need this anymore. We'll run all his shit. And it's the same people who refused to give credit who who refused to give credit to Eric Bieniemy when he was in Kansas City when the offense was good and he wasn't getting jobs? It's the same people who are like, "Oh, it's Andy calls the plays." Andy, no, it's the same people. Oh, it's Matt Nagy. No, it's not. It's Andy Reid. He calls the plays. Best case scenario, Matt Nagy has some input and he relays them to Patrick through the through the radio. What Andy tells him to call. That's it. Okay, it's not that that is literally it. That's what's like. Look. For anyone who doesn't understand, like real talk, Matt Nagy's job is between series to talk with Mahomes. What are you seeing? What's going on? Let's look at the, you know, let's look at the iPad. Let's, let's look at the let's look at the tablet. Talk to and then he's kind of the conduit between he and, and Andy Reid. But Andy Reid also talks to Patrick Mahomes. It's not like Andy doesn't have any con- like when the defense is on the field, Andy Reid's basically taking a nap. Okay. He has nothing to do with the defense. And so Andy calls all these plays. Mahomes has ability to, to check off in certain instances. In some cases, they may not have the audible in. Matt Nagy is, I guarantee you, not calling one play this season. I will update you if that happens, if they decide to hand over play calling duties. He's not calling the plays. Let's be real. The problem is what it's been now for years with this team. They cannot convert on third and short. Can't do it. I don't understand how in God's name you watch Isaiah Pacheco and think to yourself, you know what he can't do? Pick up six feet. But that's where we are with them every week. Mahomes is something of a sacred cow on this team because he deserves to be. Mahomes has stunk up the joint the last couple of weeks. Let's just be honest. The turnovers are ridiculous. Now, you want to see the flu? Fine. Okay, I'll give. I'll grant them the Denver game. Mahomes has not been good in the last couple of games. Yeah, he's, he's human. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying he stinks or anything, but like the last couple of games, he's not played well. He would tell you that. He would tell you that. He stunk. The fumbles, the ridiculous throw. They're inexcusable. Now, today he didn't throw a ball that could have got picked off or anything. But, like, the fumble is a ridiculous play. They have to accept the fact that, at least for the moment, they are a defensive team. That's what they are. They're not an offensive team. Their offense stinks. And so, look, for anyone who's like, well, why are you pissed? Why pissed? Because my judgment of this team isn't based off of week nine and, hey, there's seven. My judgment's based off of what I think they can do in January. I don't give one iota about what they're doing right this second in terms of, hey, like this is great. Seven. It's great they won the game. It's a big win. They have a tiebreaker on Miami. They have a tie on Jacksonville, right? Like I'm not saying that's not the case. Of course it is. It's a great win. But they need to improve. The good news is they got half a season and they got the bye coming up. Okay, and they don't have any big injuries that could preclude them from doing it. The other bit of good news is their defense legitimately right now is the best in football. I mean, they put Miami in hell in that game all afternoon. Hill could they've now played Hill and Jefferson and combined those guys didn't have 100 yards receiving. Okay, they are dominating. But at some point, you do have to look at this and say, look, the offense has got to get better. Now, maybe you believe they can. That's fine. I'm not saying they can't, but right now their defense 
is ap- or it absolutely is carrying the team because the offense can't do anything. And this is a big bye week for them um, because it, it, to, your, to your point, Andy has got to realize that at this point in the season that the offense is not equipped to run the type of plays he wants to run. They can't do it. They cannot run the downfield plays, the passes that he wants to do. They're not good enough. So he needs to change as much as he can in a bye week the way they play offense to more of a ball control offense, a, a, an offense that that moves the chains. They did it again today for like the third straight week when they just needed a first down. Mahomes takes a big shot to MVS and he drops it. Mahomes has got to realize that that ain't Tyreek Hill down there. None of those guys. No, it is not. They're not even in the same uh, league as Tyreek Hill. So if you're hoping that you're going to get these big splash plays that you used to get, like things have changed. The Chiefs have adapted before. They need to adapt now. They need to run the football way more, way more. They need to get play action going and make things easier on Mahomes and make things easier on Travis Kelsey and force defenses to stop them that way. When they stayed ahead of the sticks in this game, when they got a three or four yards, five yards on first down, they uh, they usually got a first down and moved the ball because they're good enough to do that. Mahomes can scramble. They got Kelsey. But they, they've just got to stop. With the they, they've got to change the playbook. They've got to make some major changes during the bye week. And if they can take care of the football and get three touchdowns a game, they'll probably win the Super Bowl. But if they're going to keep turning it over, if they're going to take, take ill-advised shots, if they're going to refuse to run the ball on third and short when they have maybe the best interior offensive line in the entire NFL, instead what's well, I was expecting a pass from Blake Bell. I guess we should be we, we should be happy they didn't somehow manage to teleport CEH in there to throw a pass. It's it's just yep. got to change, and it it comes as a coaching staff. And Dave Tobe, I've defended him for years. It's it, it's got to stop. It, it's it's got to stop. If they the only thing that we're missing, on, the only thing we're missing on special teams is them just fielding a punt in their own end zone and then coming out and then moonwalking back in and then just handing the ball to the other team. Yeah. That's all. That's really, that's it. Yeah. We we will achieve a nirvana for the Chiefs on special teams when that happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when he started to retreat, there was not a doubt. I'm like, he's going to field this. This is unbelievable. He's going to catch this ball. And then Tobin, after the, after the game last week, he's like, well, I think he should have. That's probably the right decision. That's like fireable stuff. I mean, it really is. But again... Andy's the head coach. You're the head coach, man. Like, you're cool with it. You you promote what you condone in life. You promote what you can. If you're willing to condone McCall Hardman fielding the ball in the eighth row and trying to run it out, that's on you. That's not on McCall Hardman because you're telling him it's fine. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. And I am to the point, by the way, let us never forget that the ghost of CEH cropped up in this game when the Chiefs had second and 10 near midfield and a field goal pretty much ends the game. And they were like, listen, we don't have CEH here, but we do have LaMichael Piron. <laughs> and he hasn't touched the ball all year long. And you know what would be a great moment for it? Second and freaking 10 on a drive where you could put the game away. I mean – this is not on the like some of it's on the players. Like Mahomes is not played to standard. The receivers, a lot of them aren't good. Some of this though is just blatant moronic stuff out of their coaching staff. Just dumb. I mean, there is no, there's no rationale that you could give me that says, hey, this is a good idea. I understand some stuff. Hey, look, it's it's something you see on tape. You think you can take advantage of it. Okay, and maybe it doesn't work out. It blows up in your face. Fine. Well, Michael P. Ryan on second and ten is not. Hey, we saw this on tape. Like, what are you doing? It's just mind-numbing. It's ridiculous stuff. I I just don't get it. Third and one, and Pacheco's not on the field? Like, what? Why? What is the rationale for this? It, but it, it's every week. It is every the, I mean, honestly, why don't they just put Willie Gay under center and let him sneak it? Just anything. Just put, 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 I don't even care. Put Chris Jones under center. Hell with it. Let him push. Like, it's insane it is insane but here we, we talk about this every week they won i feel like we're talking about them like they lost by 35 points they won but boy it's ugly it is ugly yeah uh we got some great super chats from y'all thank you for the support uh if you're watching on youtube hit that like button appreciate you and make sure you're subscribed from raymond chandler uh, one of our members uh i've never been as fired up and frustrated after uh, at the same time about a chiefs game and i was a fan back in the hank stram days uh from our from from Rhett. Uh, the Chiefs have built an awesome defense, 
but don't play offense to complement it. Run the ball and play action off of it. I a hundred percent, Rhett. Like you, you, you've invested in this offense, in this defense, and invested in this defense at the expense, right, of 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 some of your offensive skill position players. You trade Tyree Kill so you can draft some people, shore up your lines, shore up your defense because you got Patrick Mahomes. But just expecting Mahomes to be to be God and cleats every single moment of every single week is not going to work. From Daniel, the refusal to run the ball, averaging four point six yards, is angering me more and more. It's 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 just it, it makes you blow your top sloth style Miami number one offense 70 points versus Denver 14 points versus Kansas City Denver versus Kansas City 16 points per game how amazing is that Miami offense it just, look man this Chiefs defense is special it's the most special Chiefs defense I want to say in my lifetime there were a couple good really good defenses in the 90s Derek Thomas this defense is the best defense I've had in my life. I think so. I do. Because there's no weakness. They're great. Yeah. They're good at everything. I mean, look, to, to go positive here before I before I uh, bid you guys all do here, as I know I'm on for a few more minutes. Look, I mean, uh, I just, I'm throwing on something on the TV so I can keep doing my job while I'm talking to you fine people. All right. Um, look, the positive side of this is what we've talked about. The defense is incredible. I mean, the defense, real, guys, all kidding aside, like they are so dominant on defense. They could win most games scoring 17 points. I mean, they, they played a Lions team, some of the best offenses in football, scored 14 points. Jacksonville scored nine. The Dolphins scored 14, and one of the touchdowns came on a short field at the 20-something. I mean, this is this is a unit now that like, they're dominant, and, and it's because they are not weak anywhere. Some weeks it's, hey, listen, great pass rush, you know, five, six sacks. Some weeks it's going to just blank at you, and there's nothing you're doing. You're not getting open. You're not going anywhere. Some weeks, it's combination. And I thought today, as much as the offense makes you want to just absolutely drink Clorox watching that game, I mean, listen, Tua was 21-34 for a buck 93, sacked him three times. I mean, 5.7 yards an attempt. Who cares? And that's nothing. Hill, eight catches, fine, 62 yards. Who cares? Nothing. Waddle, three catches. On six targets, 42 yards, it's nothing. They, they did nothing in the game. Defensively, Wharton with a sack. Watson with a sack. Chenal with a sack. Trent McDuffie had 10 tackles in that game. Eight of them solo tackles. I mean, they scored a touchdown. They were unbelievable. I, I, on third down, the Dolphins were also brutal. I don't have that right. I'm trying to pull it up right in front of me without delaying here. Three of 12 on third down. Chiefs were three of 10. Dolphins are 3-12 on third down, 0-1 on fourth down. They were held to five yards per play. Chiefs were even worse at 4.8. The only really thing the Dolphins could do is occasionally as the game wore on, they had two big runs. They had a 25-yarder and like a 19-yarder. That's it. That is – I mean, the Dolphins did nothing outside of those two runs and the one ball to, to, to Wilson in the end zone. That Not to be that guy. I thought it was interference, but it is what it is. So the Chiefs are phenomenal defensively. The question is, can they ever get any help from the other side of the ball? So as the Chiefs go into their bye week here, Ram, if you're Andy Reid, you can't you, you can't magic up any new wide receivers. Nope. What are you doing? What what adjustments are you making to this offense to to give yourself a better chance to win games in the second half? <laughs> I mean, I think you have to simplify it. You have to cut down on some of the snaps for some of these receivers. You have to run the ball a little bit more. I, I know we talk about this every week. I think you have to run the ball more. And frankly. The two biggest things, Pat's got to get back to being Pat. Like, let's just be honest about this. He's not played well. I mean, by by any normal standard, he's played very well. But by his standard, he's not played well. This is not. He's on pace for 4,600, 4,700 yards and and 30-some-odd touchdowns. I mean, that's not exactly a bum year. But, like, we all know what we're looking at. And part of it's the receivers. Part of it's him. Part of it is him. He's got to play better. They're just not playing well. And the other the other part of it is Andy Andy's got to look in the mirror a little bit here, and like, hey man, you can't afford a half dozen ridiculous calls. You just can't. You're not going to overcome it with this team, you know. So I think it's it's a common. And, and lastly, lastly, and the biggest thing, the turnovers just have to stop. They have to stop. They lead the league in turnovers right now. They have the most turnovers in the NFL along with Cleveland, 17. I mean, think about what the offense looks like. As much as it struggled, if they only turned the ball over half that much. You know, I mean, it, it's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. 
but they can't stop. It's killing them. As much as all the other stuff about them is true, the turnovers are the biggest problem. It is a disaster with the turnovers. It is every game but one this year. It has to stop. And the ball doesn't come out on time with Mahomes. And last year it was coming out. It was coming out on time. And I whether, you know, again, you have to go through and you have to look at the tapes, whether it's a trust issue with him or whether the guys just aren't getting open. It's probably a combination of the both. He just doesn't seem to be confident to take his drop and get the ball out. Take his drop and get the ball out. And if there's one that, like, I, I'm telling you what, man, Andy needs to go back and dust off some of the plays he used to run with Alex Smith, because Mahomes can Mahomes can run all those plays, and they didn't have any they didn't have any receivers back when Alex before they got Tyreek, they had nobody, and they moved the ball and they were efficient, and they, it was a chain moving offense. They didn't take as many shots because Alex didn't throw the ball downfield until they got Tyreek, and then they started to get a little bit more explosive. We know the impact he can have on a quarterback. I would go back and look at some of that stuff and run and put more of that in. I'm sure they're practicing those plays. Install more of that because as we've pointed out over and over again on this show, if they take care of the football and they move the chains and shorten the game, the first half of that game was a, a pretty good example of what this, what this team could be if they're firing on all cylinders, couple efficient drives, opportunistic defense shuts down your your explosive if they can stop that offense they they can stop anybody in the league they 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 can shut down Philly Buffalo they can they can shut down the Bengals and Jamar Chase it's different this is a different defense this year but they're helping out their opponents well, just in case you're curious, um PJ Green who does does good work at uh, Fox for Kansas City Fox for Kansas City Tweets out, Chief Andy Reid, and throwing the ball on that final third down. Quote, I probably should have put it in the hands of the big offensive lineman. I owe him one. <laughs> it's, it's the situational I, I mean, awareness is not there. Honest to God, it, it, it has to at this point be a bit. It has to be a bit. Like, I understand. I am self-aware enough to know. I don't know a, a percentage point about football compared to Andy Reid. I, I get it. I'm not that guy who's like, if I was the coach, like, I get it. How are you this blind? Like, how are you this blind? It's like in baseball when you have a good team during pennant race and you have one of those relievers who you're like, this guy's a gas can. And every time he comes in, like, I know it's coming. And your manager is just like, listen, we got three all-stars in the pen and a guy who throws 102. I'm thinking give it to the gas can and see how this plays out for me. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is impossible. I, I really, it almost feels like a bit at this juncture. Like, hey, we're going to purposely just see how many times we can do this until we get it right. And like, what is the record streak we could go for? What do we got in us? Zero for 20 on third and short? Like, what can we do? It is just never ending. I don't want to hear Andy after the game with this stupid nonsense about, well, you know what? Listen. I owe him one. Andy, you owe him about 100. How many times are you going to do it, man? How many times? You know, if it's third and three, I'll hear that. You know what? Okay, you want to run a little boot or something. It's third and half a yard. It's third and half a yard. You're playing a game where you know Kelsey's getting double because they doubled him every play. You know you have no other receivers that win one-on-one. And your answer to that was, hey, I know we've got like mini Earl Campbell back here, but I'm good. Let's just run the dumbest possible play and see how things work out. Yeah. And if they ever do run a quarterback sneak again, Mahomes will probably walk into the end zone. It'll go for 70 yards. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like the Steve Bono play in Arizona. <laughs> right. right. I mean, and by the way, if you look at the alignment on that play and Mahomes was under center, Mahomes could have walked for a first down. Yep. They won't do it. Yeah. They just will not do it. Like at what point, and I'm, I'm not going to take this off of Andy because Andy deserves all the smoke in the world for this one. At what point does Patrick just say, I'm calling my own number. I don't care. We're sneaking the ball. Yeah. What is Andy going to do? Bench him? Right. Like, what's going to happen? Right. You know, like, I mean, sneak it. Sneak the ball. I yeah. Look, the bottom line, and, and I will say, and I am never, ever this guy, and everybody who knows me and listens to this podcast knows this, the officiating in this game today. I mean, Mahomes got hit when he was in, like, what, Turkey? Yeah. When he ran out of bounds? And just bang, like, no, no flag. There are a couple different times there's interference, like blatant patent, no flag. That stuff's part of it. But the bottom line, they've just been awful. 
they've been awful offensively. And and it starts with Andy, and it, it goes to Mahomes, and then it goes to all these receivers. Fix it. They're not good enough to overcome it. All right, we know, I know we got to get you out of here. Uh, you got afternoon games to cover, but before you go, uh, who gets an arrowhead from you today? McDuffie. He won the game. Yeah. He basically yeah. single-handedly won the football game. McDuffie, um, I mean, you could obviously go a bunch of players on defense in this game. McDuffie. I mean, that play, you're figuring they're at least getting a field goal here. Okay, not the end of the world. And he rips it out of his hands. And then give Edwards the credit. Give, give, and yeah, somebody just mentioned Tranquil getting lit up. Yeah, that was another one. Like blindside block. It's late. Like, what do you do? In any event, McDuffie, he strips the ball. And then Edwards and Cook turn it into from a, a, a good play to an incredible you know, game-winning play. Hey, listen, bottom line, you got to give it to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. In the end, he won the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was nice to see Tyreek score one more touchdown for the Kansas State Chiefs. All right, everybody, that was Matt Verder from Sports Illustrated. Appreciate you joining us. I'm sure we'll talk to you in the coming weeks. Always good to get Matt's perspective uh, after a Chiefs game. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. You got it. No problem. All right. We got a few more super chats to get to. We're going to get the other guys in here as well. Boy, you guys have been really generous with the super chats. I'm like, I'm way behind. Um, Dale, uh, great super chat from Daniel. The refuse to run the ball. No, I think we did that one. Uh, averaging 4.6 is angering me more and more. Our guy sloth style, Miami number one offense. Oh, I did that one too. Uh, it was Bumpa. Bumpa, how in God's name does Rasheed Rice only get two targets? That's a good question. We'll get to that one in just a second as the as the other fellows join us. And then uh, TPT Chiefs podcast. Cornerbacks are playing amazing. I think the bye week will help uh, the offense. And, and what do you all think of Rice and Moore today? I think I, Rice had the catch of the game as far as receivers go to extend that drive uh, for the Chiefs as, as we welcome in Sterling Holmes and Joe Summers. So, fellas, you sat, you watched the first half, half of the podcast. You see me and and and, and Verderam really surly. I know the two of you are more optimistic, I think, than than Verderam and I, who would get easily frustrated with the Chiefs. Uh, so so I'll start with you, Sterling. Lay it on us. What what did you think of this one? How did you take this game? Well, I finally got out of my robe while supposedly the Chiefs decided to get in their robe in the second half. After the first half, they thought it was over. And what did we see? Poor play calling, some silly decisions. Uh, quite frankly, the defense still did their job, but Chris Jones decided to his once a to- one time a year, let's have the dumbest penalty we can possibly have. All said and done, the Chiefs got away with a victory. They got out of here. It was a great atmosphere. Shout out to the German fans, all the people that traveled. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. I don't know because I went in going. I went in going to this game saying I don't know how much I'm going to take away, win or lose from a game where you travel, you're overseas, a little different, a little more unique. But now I'm really optimistic about the defense and maybe a little more pessimistic about the offense. Right? The defense to me looks absolutely elite. I have no question. Trent McDuffie needs to be. Uh, in the same conversation as the Jalen Ramsey's as the uh, sauce gardeners, because Trent McDuffie does it all. He doesn't get a ton of interceptions, but he does everything else as as well as forcing four fumbles on the season. Um, But yeah, man, that offense just, it's concerning to me, you know, someone's play calling, someone's performance, some's drops. I mean, MVS still had a chance to bring in that deep bomb. He didn't do it. Um, The first drive was great. And that was about it. it. It was kind of lackluster going on from there. Yeah, it has been all season, Joe. Uh, allow me to to hopefully provide some some spice and happy and happiness and optimism for this game. Look, I I fully think that everything that you guys are saying about the offense is legitimate. The concerns about the play calling, the second half obviously wasn't very good. But guys, we just won twenty one to fourteen. We covered the spread. We are now seven and two in the AFC. The Jags are six and two. We have a tiebreaker over them. The Dolphins now six and three. We have a tiebreaker over them. The Ravens are the only six-win team in the conference that has that we haven't played. And we got the tiebreaker over them because they have two conference losses. This is a, a great day. And yes, the concerns about the offense are valid. But the first half still happened. We were still up 21 to zero. Pat Mahomes still produced and put up enough points to win in a game that Travis Kelsey essentially was on a melt carton. Like he was not there. If you had said in the pregame, me and Sterling, Travis Kelsey's gonna have three catches, wasn't gonna break 25 yards or whatever it is, we would have predicted a Dolphins win. That did not happen. So 
I'm really optimistic moving forward. Uh, the offense has some issues, yes, but if the biggest concern about the team, I've, I've heard Nick Wright say this, and I think it's really smart. If the biggest concern about the team is Patrick Mahomes scoring points, ultimately, I'm going to feel pretty good. And the big takeaway for me here is that defense. McDuffie, you mentioned it, four forced fumbles on the season now. He's been spectacular. Legereus Sneed has been spectacular. Tyreek Hill only had 62 yards. And, and in, even in the pregame, someone said that they thought he was going to get over 200. Like this defense until, you know, the rushing game with Mostert at the end was phenomenal. Chris Jones penalty notwithstanding, we know I don't really think there's any argument to be made that this is not one of the very best defenses in the NFL. It's certainly the best that I have seen Kansas City put out on the field this, uh, in my you know, watching Chiefs life. So if our concern is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the offense, I'm really optimistic long term. Yeah, um, good to have a bit of optimism there. And, and I agree with you. The We've been saying this for most of the year. The offense should figure it out. They're just there's too much talent there with Mahomes and Andy Reid. A few more super chats we got to catch up on. You guys have been so generous, so thank you. Uh, Zachary Best, founder, uh, hey. co-founder of Arrowhead Addict, uh, our co-host Adam Best brother. Uh, let's all toast to Tyreek, indeed. Uh, Dan McElfresh, appreciate you. The Chiefs wide receiver might be one, of, might be the worst in the league. How do they fix an offense that has no good wide receiver play action? I, I, I agree. I mean, I've been saying it throughout the show. I think they need to start running the ball more. I think they need more play action. I think they need more snaps under center. I think that's going to help. I don't know how much they have of that in the playbook, but they need to start installing that shit right away. Sime ready. Um, we expect Andy to respect. We expect Andy to respect Spags and opposition defense. But Andy says, nah, I'll keep my plays in the bag and piss on you all. Uh, a shout out to the super chat from Kai Kai Braun from Derek Watson. Give me a dominant defense and play off Mahomes and Andy. More to Joe's point, Sterling, right? Like the defense has always been the problem for the Chiefs. The yeah. offense, we've seen it struggle before in 2021 when teams adjusted to how they were they were playing. Um, do you think they'll be able to fix this? Well, I don't think it's ever going to be as good as it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm not naive to thinking without some of the elite playmakers and a younger Travis and, and this, that, and the other. What I am saying is I think this was a concerted effort in the offseason to get better defensively. And so this way, Mahomes does not have to score 35 points a game to win. You know, in 2018, 21-14, that would be the end of the first half, right? That's what it would be like. You're, you're hoping you would, you would uh, keep the opposition under 30. What it comes down to is the Chiefs have spent so much capital and money on the defense. They're trying to do the Patriots method where, all right, we'll give Tom Brady help, but a little different than you might think. We're going to give him help by building the defense to help him out so where he can elevate wide receivers, he cannot elevate the defense. The issue is, while it's a great thought process, the offense and the receivers have not been elevated. Who do you want to blame that on? The wide receivers, Mahomes, uh, you know, um, Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, the choice can be yours. What it comes down to is they actually had a thought process, and I think they're sticking to it, which is why they were uh, steady at the trade deadline. It was a little intriguing to me, though, because Kadarius Tony got involved early on that slant, looked great, very physical, open in space, uh, went for a nice gain, and then he was non-existent. Sky Moore involved early in the game. Then he was non-existent. Um, I'm just a little confused by some of the play calls as the game progressed. A little confused at some of the looks early on, like Rasheed Rice early on was double teamed on that third and five in the first half. Joe and I talked about it. Kelsey was actually open, but Mahomes still went to Rasheed Rice. And I go, well, great. That means there's some trust being built between those two guys. And then what happened in the second half? Non-existent. So I don't know how to feel about the offense, the receivers, who to blame, who's more, um, who needs to step up, but there's st there obviously still is some sort of disconnect here. Well, to, to that point real quick, I, Honestly, I think that the rushing game just wasn't as effective in the second half as the coaching staff thought it would be. Like, if you look at the the play by play, so last week my my big criticism of Andy Reid was that Pacheco had one carry in the second half. He had a bunch in the second half this week. They just weren't all that effective. Credit to the Dolphins defense and making the adjustments there. But we were actively trying to get Pacheco the ball to to run out the clock, and then we had the you know the third down MBS incompletion that where Mahomes took a deep shot. And we had a three-yard pass to Kelsey on a third and ten on the on the final drive before the the kneel downs. Like they have made an effort to adjust and lean on Pacheco. 
it didn't work in the second half in this game, but I don't think that it's a it's like a chicken little situation where we need to be overly concerned. I think they're still figuring things out. And I was really encouraged by the willingness to use Pacheco after his strong first half in that second half to drain the clock and trust. And that's part of the reason why I feel like Mahomes keeps taking these third down deep shots that haven't worked. And I wish that he would just get the first down. But I think that he has the confidence to take those shots because he knows how good this defense is. Andy Reid, all of them, they know that they can lean on Pacheco, hopefully moving forward, at least in this game. They tried to lean on him, knowing that if it didn't work, we drain the clock and the defense would get the job done. And it did. Having that luxury, in my opinion, completely elevates the ceiling long term, especially as we look towards this team as a Super Bowl contender. Love this comment from Slothy. It's going to bring up my next point here is the thing is our offense is not bad. They're still top 10, maybe even top seven. It just looks bad because what, have they, what we've become accustomed to, the Chiefs heading into this game were actually fourth in the NFL in yards. Uh, the issue was they have struggled in the red zone. That continued in this game. So, you know, if you want to have some sort of optimism here, some cause for the Chiefs to actually revert to the mean, the mean actually being up from where they currently are at, well, if the red zone numbers get better, they've actually moved the ball fairly effectively. This has been the issue is stalling in the red zone. They were 17th in touchdown percentage once they got there. That has been the main concern. A couple more super chats. I want to give a huge shout out to Michael Trigg. Thank you so much. As Rice starts, two targets, two great plays. Do the Chiefs have a target share issue? So I'll have to watch the, the all 22 to know about whether or not Rasheed Rice was actually open in those situations. I want to see us feed him the ball more. I'm the choo-choo train conductor of the, of the Rasheed Rice hype train. I love his ability to create yards after the catch. I don't know if if they were just scheming him up. I feel like the Dolphins did a masterful job of making Travis Kelsey irrelevant. Maybe they made some adjustments for Rice in the second half there as well. Look, Mahomes needs to play better. He needs to make better decisions. He's still the runaway betting favorite to win NFL MVP. Everyone knows that he's the best player in the sport. And uh, to the red zone, like Mahomes had the bad fumble. We had the, the three punts in the second half. But we were two for two on red zone touchdowns. We got it there twice. We scored them both. That's a big positive indicator for me, uh, especially the, the the play design on the McKinnon touchdown because you had the defense trying to bracket Kelsey, and then McKinnon just slides right under the drag route. That's encouraging for me long term. And coming into the game, I wanted to see the defense continue to – justify every single piece of evidence that shows they're the be- maybe the best defense in the league. They did that. Tyreek Hill, shut down. Tua, shut down. And then second, I wanted to see us get touchdowns in the red zone. Two for two, I'm happy with that. A lot to clean up, but I am coming away believing that we are the clear, bona fide AFC conference favorites. And the Eagles at this point are the only team that I think that you could argue has been more impressive over the course of the season. Uh, I know Patrick was having some internet questions, so either he hates me or the internet was the issue. I'm going to go with the second one there. So hopefully, Patrick, are you back? Do you, do you promise you don't hate me, or was that just a, a complete avoidance of my question? Yeah, I think it's the he, – he just hates me, he, Joe. He I looks, he looks pretty, though. I yeah, he say. looks good. He, he looks great. His blinking's electric right now. I mean, come on now. No one blinks better than Patrick. Uh, AJ Figarelli says, thank you again for the super chat. Says, never in my life again. I ask him a question. He he gets out of here. I guess my questions are too hard hitting for Patrick. He can't handle, can't handle the truth. Uh, AJ says, never in my life did I think I'd be pissed, concerned, and worried about a team that's 7-2 and two in the number one seed. I will say, how often have we seen this from the Kansas City Chiefs? You've been concerned about something. They're the number one seed, at least in recent memory, right? There's always something. It was special teams, missed extra points, missed kicks, bad defense. The issue is now it's the offense. And now it seems more concerning in a season or in an era of football where offense is king. What are your thoughts here on this? Honestly, I think that we are conditioned from the Bob Sutton years and just all the time that we – we're waiting for the other shoe to drop defensively where Marcus Mariota would catch his own pass where Andrew Luck would fumble the ball to himself and score a touchdown. The defense always collapsed at the end of games. And now it doesn't look like it's going to do that. The next time that the defense collapses will be the first time that the defense collapses this season. It's been a spectacular effort. And I mean, I think Chiefs fans would be forgiven to not quite be used to that. We've never seen, at least in, in, in my life, a defense of this caliber. And, and having that confidence, 
I, I do think that we are just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And when you see the offensive problems and the continued weird trick plays and things like that, like it's easy to point the finger and be upset about it. But make no mistake, this is the largest margin of error that the Chiefs have ever had in Patrick Mahomes' career here. The defense gives the offense so much leverage. We we haven't given up 21 points in a single or over 21 points in a single game yet this season. And the only time that we did that was because of a defensive touchdown when, Ty, when Kadarius Tony dropped the ball. This is a historic for the franchise defense for the Chiefs, and that gives the offense such a margin of error that. I have full confidence that we'll be just fine come at the end of it. And this is honestly the most confident that I've been in a Chiefs team through nine weeks in Patrick Mahomes' career, period. Yeah. A uh, couple of chats to get here. Uh, one is a really good one here. It's actually, this season is looking like defenses have caught up to scoring across the league as it is down league-wide. 100% agree there. That is a little interesting there. Uh, Luke J says, Sterling, let's grab a beer. Hey, you know I'm down. Okay. I'm always down to grab a beer uh, on the money. Thank you for the super chat. It says, I'm just happy the Chiefs still have Tyreek. And he also says, what's most impressive is the defense didn't wear down. They were solid to the end. Impressive. Very good point. I mean, seriously, outside of a couple of runs late to Raheem Mostert, which by the way, in that situation, you almost try and live with. You're thinking the Dolphins are going to throw. You're more worried about a massive play through the air. While, yes, you hopefully don't give up 50 yards to Raheem Mostert on two plays. End of the day, I think that you'll give that up instead of a huge bomb to Tyreek or Jalen Waddle. A couple more Super Chats here. Uh, on the money, it says, a win is a win, but Rice only getting two targets is wild. Um yeah, we talked about that one a little bit earlier there. Um, I think that's good right now on the Super Chats right there. But, yeah, again, you, you look down and, and the leading receiver was Noah Gray. Noah Gray, three, three targets, three receptions, 34 yards. And going back to the target, uh, target uh, share question, uh, Noah Gray, three. Travis Kelsey, three. McCall Hardman, three. Those were your leading target share getters from the receiving core. Not ideal, Joe. No, it's not ideal at all. And I'm I'm an idiot. Thank you for reminding me, Slothy, in the chat. Yes, we gave up 24 points to the Broncos last week. I've put that game so far out of my memory, I literally completely forgot it even happened. But the, the target share is definitely concerning. The I want to watch the All-22. I just got that NFL Premium Plus, so I'm excited to watch it this week. It, it felt like the... I want to see if there was any separation, but it felt like Miami was doing a really good job schematically of taking away the Chiefs' top options. And if that happens, you would expect Pat to to throw the ball to the open man, take what the defense gives you, that kind of idea. So, I, I mean, our leading receiver only had three catches, but there were 10 or 11 guys that caught a pass and everyone's hovering between one and three. So it might just be a situation of him taking what the defense gave him. I'm curious to see how that looks. Pat, Needs to be better. He should be better. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. He was tied with Tua for MVP voting. I imagine he's going to take a big jump this week. Like People in Vegas, odds makers, people nationwide still recognize that Mahomes is the best quarterback in the sport. If he's making mistakes, all that it means is that he's not performing at the superhuman, insane level that we've grown so accustomed to. This was an offense that was playing in Germany, flew over late in the week. The crowd was really friendly to us, but I am not concerned about the second half offensive performance because I believe in the people to make the adjustments moving forward to fix things. Rasheed Rice needs to be a top target hog, provided the defense allows it. His performance this season has been exceptional, and you saw it on that burst in the touchdown. Emphasize him moving forward. Emphasize Kelsey moving forward. Nice to see McKinnon get really involved in the passing game, score a touchdown for the first time in a while. I'm encouraged, and the defense is just going to continue being probably the best in the NFL in the meantime until the offense figures it out. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, defensive line, linebacker core, even without Nick Bolton, secondary, it's just every single level is very impressive. We talked about Drew Tranquil in the first half, his ability to read and also bring down the tackler on that third uh, third down play uh, really set the tone early. Uh, we mentioned McDuffie time and time again. Uh, I do want to bring up the Legereus Sneed situation as far yes. as he was heavily penalized last week, got a few called against him this week, but 
this week I didn't have a major concern, which might sound weird. I know people are going to be sitting here saying, hey, penalties, 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 can't have that happen. But the game plan, and I'm, I can almost guarantee you Spags told him the same thing, be physical and force the rest to throw the flag. That's the only way to try and slow down Tyreek Hill, right? That's what the Chiefs tried to do, and it worked. They helped him, what, like you mentioned, 62 yards. They stripped him. Um, it was a great defensive performance. But, yes, you're going to get a couple flags when you're playing that physical. But end of the day, I think you take that trade off. Uh, absolutely. And I think that the the statistics bear itself out to, to prove your point over the course of the season. I'm going to pull it up here to make sure I have the numbers right. So top receivers against the Chiefs. Tyreek was averaging a, over 126 yards per game coming into the day. We held him to 62. The Broncos, Cortland Sutton, just pretend that didn't happen. Keenan Allen averaged 98 yards per game, had 55. Justin Jefferson was averaging 135 yards per game, had 28. Garrett Wilson, averaging almost 70, had 60. DJ Moore, 93, had 41. The list goes on and on up to Amon Ross St. Brown in, the, in week one. Every single top receiver that the Chiefs have faced, they have held them under significantly under their season-long per-game averages, which is a spectacular piece of predictive evidence moving forward, especially when you look at potential playoff opponents like, like maybe a Tyreek, like a Stephon Diggs, like a – you, like a Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, whoever we may face, there is no defense in the NFL that I would trust more at this point to contain opposing top receivers than this one. And this was just another example in a long list of successful performances from Snead, from McDuffie, and the secondary at large. They're playing complementary football, and the Snead and McDuffie pairing with McDuffie's physicality, four first force fumbles on the season, Snead's ability to tackle and shadow top receivers – it's just perfect complimentary secondary football. It's beautiful to see. Yeah, and we talked about it going into this show. I, I said, and I was called out by a few people all week long, I kept saying the Chiefs might be the best team to try and slow down the uh, Miami passing attack. But where they can be susceptible is on the ground, which, again, we saw a little bit late, but I think it's okay overall. Um, they held Tua Tuckabloa to 193. And I actually joked about it saying, <laughs> I mean, you're probably not going to hold him to under 200 yards, but still, if you hold him under, you know, 250, you're, you're good. They have him to 193. I mean, well, it, again, it's the physicality. It's the depth. It's the fact that they won a lot at the line of scrimmage. Charles Amina, who didn't have a sack, but he seemed to be all over the place. Turk Wharton getting involved in this one. And Steve Spagnolo. Can we talk about Spags? Yes. This was a yes, masterpiece. This was a Picasso. Okay. This was a glorious performance from Steve Spagnolo. Sending blitz. When not to send blitz. Who to put on who. Everything. Zone versus man. It was an incredible perfection, in my opinion, from Steve Spagnolo. I have to give myself or give him a huge hat tip, right? He takes crap time and time again. Uh, not this year. But people are always on his case. Look what happens now. He doesn't have a whole bunch of rookies in this in the in the secondary or the entire team to deal with. Look at him now that he actually has a a uh, a defense with versatility, with speed, who don't have a whole bunch of guys over the hill. Look what he can do. Look what he draws up. This was a Spags masterpiece. Well, and and to that point, just think about what we have considered the biggest games for the Chiefs over the the last several months. So held the Jags and the Bengals under 20 or 20 or fewer in the playoffs. The Eagles obviously happened in the Super Bowl. The the four games this year that I would say that we've played the best teams. Defense held the Lions to 14 points, had the pick six. Defense held the Jaguars to 9 points, the Chargers to 17, and now this great performance against the Dolphins. He's passing every single test. And the way that this defense is growing, I saw in the, in the chat mention Willie Gay Jr. with a fantastic game. No Nick Bolton in there and Willie Gay and Tranquil both stepping up. McDuffie, obviously, with the huge play. Brian Cook and Mike Edwards with that heads-up chemistry in the secondary. Every time that we have gone into a game and said, this is a, a huge game for the Chiefs against a difficult opponent, the defense has balled out. So Spags deserves all the credit in the world for that. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll, we'll touch on a little, little third and one before we give out our arrowheads. I don't understand this. I mean, I just don't. You know, at first it wasn't necessarily a massive opponent of throwing the ball on third and one, fourth and one. You don't take the ball out of Mahomes' hands, this, that, and the other. I get all that stuff, right? 
But in this situation, when you've actually run the ball fairly effectively, you've struggled to pass the ball. Travis Kelsey's been blanketed. Miami Dolphins figured something out, slowing down Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense through the air. What do they do? They run a play action play to Travis Kelsey where he's double teamed. That was the only looked like the only option that play. And then Mahomes uh, has nothing to do, has nothing to go, no one to go to. Why don't you run it? That's the biggest surprise. Seriously, if you want to catch teams off guard, run a halfback dive. Seriously. It's absurd to me. How the hell on third and one, we act like it's third and forever. You're fine on third and eight, but third and one, you got handcuffs. I, I just don't understand this. So the, I fully believe that Andy Reid is, you know, the best offensive mastermind that we've seen. I believe that he knows what he's doing. So my theory here is that we, we, we heard the coaches say at the end of the postseason last year that they were setting up plays over the course of the season. I genuinely think that's what's happening. I think that if we were facing the Eagles in the Super Bowl and needed a third and one, I think we're probably going to get Pacheco the ball. I think that the offense is experimenting because it knows how good the defense is. It knows how good Pat is. It knows how good Andy Reid is. And so they're saying, let's see if some of these third down plays work. And then in a big moment when we really need it, maybe against the Bengals late in the season to clinch the the one seed in the AFC, maybe against the Eagles in a couple weeks, when we need it, I do believe that he's going to go – with something like that, like let Pacheco get the first down. And I think in the meantime, it's kind of all window dressing. That's that's my working theory, at least, because I think they're way too smart to continue running these strange plays without a greater plan in mind. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I watched the Mizzou game last night, right? If you're a Mizzou fan, you feel my pain. If you're a KUK State Georgia fan, you're probably relishing in my pain. C- cover but- the spread for me. But but the, but the second half was a little reminiscent of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference was Georgia's a better team they're going to find a way to get it done, right? The Chiefs are a better team in this this instance. But you look at the second half, and there's some comps there where Mm -hmm. you turn the ball over. You can't win with with, with the turnover margin, not in your favor, although obviously Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying the second half. Uh, You have all these flags, just some ticky-tack stuff, some uh, maybe calls necessarily don't go your way, right? Some 50-50s go the other way. Uh, Mizzou, I think, was less than 50-50. I think for the Chiefs, a little less than 50-50. But you got to overcome. The Chiefs overcame. Miami didn't. Uh, the Chiefs defense, again, a ton of credit in this one. I still don't understand what Chris Jones was doing. I don't think I will ever understand what Chris Jones was doing. And this is perfect right there. I see Jimmy say M-I-Z, and right above him, Jeremy says, um, I can't say that, but it's what the uh, – Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, it pains me. It pains me. Uh, any other takeaways before we get to our airhead? Anything else that you think was of note in this game? Uh, just moving forward, if you are making like a resume of, of AFC teams, the only team, and we'll see what happens today against the Seahawks, the only team that you could have a resume on par with the Chiefs, make any kind of argument that they're close to Kansas City's level, is the Baltimore Ravens. That's it. We're 7-2. and two. We have wins over essentially every major team in the conference except Buffalo, who is behind Miami, and Cincinnati, who's dealing with their own problems and behind the Ravens. Coming into the year, given the, the uncertainty and trying to defend the, the Super Bowl, for this defense to perform at the level that it has and for the offense to be struggling yet still post a 7-2 and two record should give Chiefs fans a ton of confidence and a ton of optimism. Every single team around the league has some problems, folks. This is the, the least top-heavy season I remember in a while in the NFL, and Lay out, lay out all the evidence. Lay out all the information. You will find that the Chiefs are the easiest team to make a case for as being the kings of the conference. Uh, final thought here. Um, you, you know, I keep hearing in the chat here, you know, leave Matt Nagy in Germany. Is Nagy the issue? You saw what he did with the Bears, which, by the way, he won coach of the year with the Bears. Uh, he took him to the playoff multiple times, uh, got Trubisky to a Pro Bowl. I'm not saying he's a great head coach, but I don't think he was a bum. I, I will never buy into the fact he was above 500 with the Bears in Trubisky. Like, come on now. Don't you think the Bears would take him right now at head coach over, Eber, uh, over Eberflus? I yes. definitely think they would. Um, but my point here is how much of this is on Matt Nagy? And I'm not saying play calls because we know that's Andy Reid, right? We know with, when it was BNME and folks were getting on BNME, we know it was Andy Reid. But what I come down to and what I'm thinking here is with some of that tough love, did that help the Chiefs? Did some of that um, running back mantra rub off a little bit? I'm not saying there's a major issue here. I'm not saying there's an issue at all. 
I'm just wanting to get your thoughts here because I'm seeing a ton in the chat. Is there an issue with BNME gone? Matt Nagy here. Is there something uh, something wrong? I would really love to know how much blame or credit I could give to the offensive coordinator in an Andy Reid system. I genuinely don't know. I'm inclined to trust Matt Verderam's reporting. He's an excellent reporter that Andy's still the one calling the plays here, which yep, if that's the case and Verderam has I, – no reason to believe that he would say that if it wasn't warranted. That would, in my opinion, put the onus on Andy. And I, there is a noticeable difference from the offense this year relative to last year, with the only major change being subbing out Rasheed Rice for Juju. But I really just think it's an execution situation. I think Andy Reid, in just in times and a small sample size, isn't making the right decision. He has a really large sample size, thankfully. So I know that long-term I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, But I I do think that's going to be a topic over the next couple of weeks as we try to evaluate things, especially if the commanders come out and look pretty good today. I think EB deserves all his flowers for all the work that he did over the years. I don't think that we have enough information to say that, to say that Nagy's, you know, promotion as offensive coordinator is the reason for the struggles given Verderam and others reporting. Yeah. And I will also say you always want to find a scapegoat. You always want to find someone to, to pin this on and odds are you find it tough mentally. Um, I mean, physically I find it tough to even blame Andy Reid, right? He's a hall of fame head coach. He knows more than we will ever know. Um, You know, he's won multiple Super Bowls. He's done this, that, and the other. He is legendary. And so what you do is you find, okay, well, who's below him? Who, mm-hmm. Who's not Andy mm-hmm. Reid? Who can we pin this on? I think that's what it comes down to because it was the enemy for years, and now it's Matt Nagy. I'm not saying blame Andy Reid all the time, but I'm just saying at some point we might need to have the conversation, these short-yarded situations, as you mentioned the playbook, what has been the constant? I'm not saying get rid of Andy. I know this is going to get misconstrued. I know someone's going to take a shot at me saying how I'm not an I love Andy Reid. I'm just saying at, at times, what is the constant here? Um, before we get out of here, Joe, what is your arrowhead? Who are your arrowheads? Uh, I've, I've got a couple. The The first one for me has to go to Trent McDuffie. Leads the team in tackles, now has four forced fumbles on the season. Was a big part in shutting down Tyreek Hill and made – what I think we'll look back on as one of the more poetic plays in Chiefs defensive history, particularly of the era. Just what a beautiful poetic moment for the pick that we used from the Tyree Kill trade to be the one that forces the fumble to give us a 21-0 lead. I love to see that. Uh, I, I also want to give Willie, Gray, Willie Gay Jr. his flowers as well. I thought he was spectacular after we didn't know if he was going to play this week. And, and I'm going to push back overall. I'm giving one to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got the job done in the first half with Travis Kelsey being taken completely out of the equation. We, I mean, last week we thought it was impossible for Sky Moore to, to catch a football if it was in like YMCA Wee League. He had a big catch. Mahomes was spreading the ball around, taking what the defense gave him in the first half. Second half we have some work to do, but the first half performance still happened. So I'm, I'm giving Mahomes one as well on top of the members of the secondary. You got to give it to McDuffie. All pro. I, I've talked yes. about it time and time again. McDuffie. Legereus Sneed, I don't care about the penalties in this particular game against uh, the Broncos, maybe a little bit. In this game, when the call was to be physical, the point was to be physical. The, the, the entire game plan was to be physical with Tyreek Hill. You knew at times you're going to get flagged once or twice. You live with those. You held him to 60-something yards. That is great. But then Steve Spagnuolo, man, this again yes. is a Picasso. It was a masterpiece. He did everything. I mean, some of those 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 play calls were unreal. Like I understand you don't like to see Karlovs get dropped into coverage against uh, Jalen Waddle. Like I understand that one particular play, but even though it didn't matter, let's be let's be real. Now I got called back for holding. Um, Spags was just in his bag in this one. This is a, a game we look back on and say, without Spags, without this defense, the Chiefs don't win this game. Chiefs don't win this game. They held Miami's offense, historically amazing, to 14 points. 14. Would have been seven, maybe 10, if not for Chris Jones being a, uh, a buffoon out there on that. on that. Uh, um, gosh, I still can't get over that, man. It wasn't even against Tua. He's an offensive lineman. Why? I know I'm getting heated right now. It doesn't matter because the Chiefs right now are 7-2. and two. They are first in the AFC. First team, two, seven wins. Things are still looking like they run through Arrowhead. Uh, Joe, 
we're golfing after this. Everyone's it's asking, baby. Everyone's saying, Sterling, why did you get out of the uh, the robe? I'm wearing mine to the course. Yeah, I, I would have ready. I would have wore this all the robe all day, but I had to get out because I got to go beat Joe in uh, in some golf. But everyone, thank you so so much for hanging with us, for listening to us, for being there pregame, halftime, postgame, for having Patrick, Matt Connor, Joe, Richard behind the glass, Matt Verderin from SI joining us, guys. We really do appreciate everything you guys do. Giving us a like on YouTube, uh, giving us a like and five star review on the podcast wherever you entertain and listen to your podcasts, guys. Chiefs are seven and two. I know things at times look bleak offensively, but come on. I almost wanted to say, can we have a little bit of a little bit of faith in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this team to get it right? I know it looks bleak a little at, at times, but part of me believes they will get right. Until next time, we are out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.